We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, furries and Steve's. Some people are shy, and I have my shy tendencies as well. But when I get in costume, it's like I'm this whole, I'm this person that I really want to be. I've always, I've always really loved foxes. I think they're fantastic little creatures. Uh, I specifically chose a fennec fox though, uh, because they're super tiny. Just like imagine a like a very it's like a pillow on your head. I've fallen asleep in seats before. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, subscribe, leave us a rating or a review. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. If you're a longtime listener, thank you so much for all of your support. So I want to get right to our first guest. They're a furry, a furry lifestyle advocate, and a fursuit maker. This is furry Lolo Fennec. First question I think that jumps out right away, right, is what, what's the appeal? Like, what is the reason that people do this? Uh, I can say from a more personal standpoint, um, I really enjoy being a character. I love character acting. Uh, when I was a kid, I would see mascots like Mickey Mouse and everything like that and like sports mascots. And I loved how happy they made crowds of people. Like it just seeing them, you know, just express themselves and have fun. It makes everybody around them really happy. So I found a lot of joy personally in wearing a costume and bringing smiles to people. Um, cause it's just, it's fun. You know, I think that's like one of the most satisfying parts about it. Plus being able to express who you are on the inside and having people appreciate that, you know, like some people are so scared to, some people are shy and I have my shy tendencies as well. But when I get in costume, it's like, I'm this whole, I'm this person that I really want to be. I am much more confident and comfortable and so much more of myself at my core and it feels nice to have people appreciate that like you don't have to pretend to be anything else if you don't want to um and people accept you for you and i think that's a really wonderful thing to have that seems like a completely reasonable answer right like that makes complete yeah. sense to me but why yeah. do you think that people have the reaction i'm assuming that other people be like what's going on here even in my around my home, around my house, I'll be outside taking photos because, you know, natural lighting, it's the best lighting. So I'll take my projects that I finish out there and get wonderful photos. And surprisingly enough, um, I live in a college town and people all around are always so nice and very curious about it. Um, very curious minds. So some people will come up and compliment me like, oh my God, that's so cool. Some people will come up and be like, what is this? And some people might just judge me from far away that's fine. You know, these are all reasonable reactions to things you may not have seen before. And uh, I think so long as you're being cool about it, I'm not going to mind what your reaction is. But I think it's perfectly, I think it's perfectly okay to be kind of taken aback 
when you see somebody in a costume because especially with masks and things you don't know who that person is underneath and that could be scary and i think that is a very understandable sort of reaction to have is there like so when did you kind of fully invest yourself in the lifestyle it's been about i think i'm going on 11 years right now since i joined and really i i didn't really know it was a thing i was in college and um i mean i always wanted to be a mascot for my high school and my college but i'm too small <laughs> And then I did my research and I'm like, oh, my God, there are people who also love this, like walking, talking animal stuff. Awesome. And slowly but surely, I started to find other people with the same interests in the community around me. Uh, and then after that, I mean, it just came together so fast. People saw that I was making costumes for myself and, you know, fursuits, really. Uh, and they're like, wow, I'm interested. Could you make me one? Could you do this? And that's kind of where it took off. And it's really cool. <laughs> I know you make fursuits. I want to get into that a little bit later because just the yeah. process of making that making that seems very difficult. Is it is it a sexual thing? Is it a lifestyle thing? Is it both? Like, where would you kind of categorize this? So for me, um, it's it's another. I mean, it's just another hobby. You know. Um, the way it becomes a lifestyle, so to say, is because of what I do for a living, which is making the fursuits. But outside of that, you know, I'm just every other person. I enjoy various other hobbies and I have a lot of other interests. For some people, I mean, like there's always that there's always that question on whether or not it's like a sexual thing. And I think when you really delve into it, it's whenever there's going to be adults in a space for something, and this can be any community, any fandom, there will always be adult aspects, you know, and that's, I, I've always had like the principal belief of like, if you're a consenting adult and you're not hurting anybody or yourself, I don't really care what you're into. And uh, yeah, most of the time, that's just, just that. If people want to delve into a sexual aspect of it, they're free to. Um, and if they want to keep it more safe for work, more, you know, not sexual, that's perfectly fine too. And I think that being able to explore whatever side is kind of a nice thing to have when, you know, the furry space is actually, it's a pretty queer space, LGBT plus safe. And for people to be able to explore parts of themselves in that space, it's a really safe space. If you were to kind of, I'm a big numbers person, right? Like, so if you went right. to a convention and there's a hundred people there or however many, right? Like mm -hmm. what percentage of people would you say are exploring this as a sexual avenue versus what percent are just like, this is something that I just like to do. Like, this is a hobby. Like people like to go kayaking. Um, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I'm not entirely sure on percentage wise. I feel like there could be. It really varies. I just went to uh, what's now the third, the world's third biggest furry convention, and that's held in Atlanta, Georgia. It's called Furry Week in Atlanta. And um, gosh, that record-breaking number for the con this year, it was uh, nearly 11,000 people at this con. And when I think about the percentage there, I mean, this is, there's a variety of people there, all different ages. And I would say maybe, you know, it's a smaller percentage of people that want to explore a sexual avenue of it. But then again, I mean, I wouldn't say this is something that is what the fandom is based off of. 
I don't mean to dwell on this, right? But I guess from like my experience knowing nothing, right? I always thought it was a sexual thing. Is that a common misconception or? I would say so. A lot of uh, a lot of media representation that furries get usually falls into that. And that's because we live in such a weird society where America is kind of obsessed with sex, but also very like prudish and like weird about it. They're like, oh, yeah, sex is awesome. We can market it. We can make money off of it. But like if you're living your best life and being sexual, whoa, you know, it's it's so it's a complicated place to be. Um so, of course, in media representations, people will take that and run with it because they can market off of it and they can, you know, get whatever from it. They kind of I feel like it's kind of an abusive way to go about it. Um, but, you know, like I said, with most any space that you run into, there's always going to be that adult side. There's always going to be a sexual aspect. Um, you can take most any hobby. You know, if you think about like. Uh, there's even like lingerie football. <laughs> They have like lingerie leagues that I've heard of before. And it's like, you know, I don't often hear people shaming them for that. Um, but it still kind of exists because, like I said, we're in such a weird society that we shame it, but also want it. It's weird. That's really true, right? Like, we don't talk about it, but it's all we talk about. Yeah, it's so weird how that works. And it, I'm always fascinated, too, by it's never what someone is doing. It's always who is doing it. Right. Like well, you can do this and that's completely fine. But if you do that, weirdo. Right. Like that kind yeah. of stuff. And I think it's it's because especially with furries, like a lot of the furries that I've met and I know really dear friends to me, great people. It's like a lot of us are kind of shy and, you know, we might be what people tag as like those weird introverts, you know, because it, it can be intimidating to open up about something that people don't understand. So, of course, people are going to want to alienate us because we're already weird, you know, and then you add the sexual sexual aspect and it's like, whoa, furries being like that. Oh, that's too much. What weirdos. Yeah. Do you think that it would be different if this was like the prom queen doing it? What would you mean by that? Could you expand on that? If it was the popular girl in high school that was doing this, as opposed to maybe the kid in high school that was in the back of the class or the one that people labeled as like the weird kid. Right. And I'm throwing out massive generalities here. Potentially. Yeah. But then again, it's because I don't know when you think about like how celebrities operate and stuff. I don't really keep up with celebrities, but it's uh, I was watching a video the other night, actually. And it's talking about, oh, Selena Gomez and Taylor Swift and all this other drama that comes with that stuff. And I'm just like, I don't really particularly care about all that. And I, I still think about, you know, what if these people, what if these big names were into the furry fandom? Like, what would that do? And I still think the same problems would probably exist. And I think it's just because it's so, because that stigma has just been so heavily laid down already and has been on the internet. Like, furries have kind of been the butt of jokes on the internet for quite a long time. And I think it's because... Maybe they think it's some sort of easy target. I'm not sure. Um, I don't feel like there's anything that makes us too totally different from everybody else. There are brilliant minds in the fandom. There, I mean, one of the people that worked on the COVID vaccine is in the fandom. And like incredible stuff. Like you have doctors, lawyers, you have your, your everyday people just enjoying a hobby. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but you're okay. It's a fursona, 
right? Is that yes. Yes. okay? So explain to me kind of what like I get it, but I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. So persona is basically a persona. Uh, so you, it's like your main character. It's it's you as a character. So for me, my character is Lolo. Uh, they're a fennec, so fox with gigantic ears and stuff like that. And uh, it's just like a visual representation of me. I guess, outside of just, like, my human looking, because the big part of the fandom is um, loving walking, talking animals, you know, kind of like Bugs Barney cartoons and stuff like that. Now, how did, why did you choose that one? I've always, I've always really loved foxes. I think they're fantastic little creatures. Uh, I specifically chose a fennec fox, though, uh, because they're super tiny. I don't know if you've ever seen one. They're, like, three pounds. They're, like, this big, but they got gigantic ears, so they're, like, they're really good listeners, <laughs> naturally. Uh, they have crazy amounts of energy, and it makes them really silly funny. Um, and I just, I felt like that was a good match for my personality, because at times I can have lots of, you know, energetic bursts. Uh, I can be a good listener. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm on the smaller side, so, like, I'm 5'3". <laughs> so everybody else is taller than me. And, yeah, I felt like that was a good fit. Like, when you go to a convention... Are, do people fit into certain types? Like, this person is a dog. They must be like this. This person is a cat. They must be like this. Like, are there archetypes that people fit into? I, I guess kind of sometimes in, in, like, really cute, funny ways. Like, there are people who have dog characters who have very dog-like personalities who, you know, are very playful and silly and fun. Uh, people who, you know, like cats. Like, I have cat suits and, like, characters that are cats and you know, that's the side of me that's like, oh, I just want to be lazy and lay around. I don't want to do anything. Um, stuff like that can happen sometimes, but it's not always the case. And that's just because, like, sometimes we, we have this connection to, like, a certain species or animal. But I think sometimes it could be, you know, how they look. You know, sometimes some people like, for me, I love gigantic ears on Fenix or animals with big ears because I think that's adorable. Um, I don't always match the archetypes for them, but that doesn't matter. I think just choosing something that you feel represents you um, is the main part of it. Do most people kind of stick with one throughout the throughout the entire time, or do people like change them all the time, or how does? Yeah, people people will change them uh, depending on the frequency. I've had my character Lolo uh, for the entire time I've been active in the fandom. Only like slight changes to the design over the years um, as I'm non-binary. So as my character and they've kind of transitioned with me over time. And um, yeah, some people will will totally change it up. I have like a million other characters and suits. Um, but there's a difference between like just characters and personas. And the best way I can explain that is like the persona feels like your true self. And then a character is just like an aspect maybe that you want to explore or maybe not even a part of you. Like I have I have really grumpy characters that are just like intentional jerks just for the fun of it, <laughs> just to be something different. So, yeah, everybody it's it's open to all different kinds of changes and things like that. The question that I keep just keeps popping back into my head over and over again mm -hmm. is it just feels like it would be hot. <laughs> so warm it is so toasty it is uh it's a it's a very um warm hobby <laughs> because yeah getting into a suit and depending on what kind of suit you have can definitely make it warmer or cooler for you and um 
Yeah, I got to say, I, I think this past weekend at uh, Free Week in Atlanta, I probably sweated out my, my body weight <laughs> just because of how hot it was there. That's really the only thing that I have against this is the heat aspect <laughs> of it. Like, isn't this just uncomfortable? <laughs> like, isn't it just hot? Well, it is. But the, ni- the nice thing about the fandom is that, you know, you don't need a fursuit to have a good time or to explore different aspects of yourself or expressing yourself. There's so many sides of the fandom that you, you can get into. You can, you know, be an artist. You can do art. You can do music. You can do dancing. You can really do whatever you want. You don't necessarily need a suit to interact and have a good time. For some reason, it keeps reminding me of like the stuffed animal version of ready player one <laughs> i do like that movie it is a, oh my it's gosh. a better movie than you think it it's would a, be right it's not bad. honestly yeah it, it surprised me i didn't think i was gonna like it that much but yeah you got a good point yeah it's kind of like that. it's kind of like that right like you can be whatever yeah. you want to be and i want to be this today do most people come into it later in life do they kind of know right away like when do most um, people kind of adopt this so I'm finding, and I could be totally wrong, um, there are actual, like, research numbers out there. There's actually, like, teams uh, at conventions. I can't remember what their name is, so forgive me on that. But they actually survey uh, people at the cons to to get consensus on this kind of stuff. So a lot of the demographic tends to be uh, people who are, like, in their younger 20s uh, sometimes. Because for me, I found out about it when I was, like, 19 and in college. So right about that age, I would say people have a good idea of what it is and what they're getting into and um, expand from there. So it's I would say it's usually let's just say my age. So like 18 to maybe late 30s, 40s. There's people a variety of ages, but I noticed a lot of them are younger folks. And I feel like that kind of plays in with learning about who you are and figuring out what you want Um, and interacting with the fandom can help you kind of find yourself in a way. How popular would you say that it is? Uh, it's it's actually really gaining popularity, especially with our numbers increasing at cons, which still blows my mind every time. I mean, I think the current biggest furry convention is Midwest Fur Fest, and that's in Chicago in December every year. And I mean, you even just go to one of these cons and you see just crowds of people, thousands of people and it just keeps getting bigger and expanding every year, which, I mean, that's awesome. It, it seems like there's more, uh, there's more people like, like me. You know, I'm happy to talk about it and to educate people more about the ins and outs of it, and uh, yeah, help people get past that that big stigma that's out there. So the fursuits, right? Like, yes. is, okay, is there a difference in how much somebody is adopting it versus if they're just wearing the the head, the top, mm-hmm. versus the whole thing. Yeah, there's, there's. Uh, I mean, are you talking about like comfort? Like, what, what side of that are you more interested in? I don't know. <laughs> I can tell you all about okay, it. Okay, just tell me the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just give you a whole spiel. So, um, based on you know everybody's different and what they want, what they're comfortable wearing. Some people don't know that. You know, some people will jump into getting a suit and not know that maybe they don't like a full costume. They don't like a full fursuit. Uh, a full suit is really what that's called. Um, there are different kinds. So you have uh, a partial, and a partial suit is like maybe just the head, the hands, and the tail. Uh, sometimes that goes to arm sleeves and feet paws. Um, and then you have something like a three-fourths suit, which is 
kind of everything but the torso bit. It's kind of like you get the legs, the feet, tail, arms, hands, but you're lacking the torso bit. I actually like to do that because that helps me regulate my temperature better. Um, and then you have something, you have the full suit, which is the full costume. And there's two types with that. There is um, plantigrade, which looks like how a human stands, right? Digigrade, I can't say the word right, digitigrade is, imagine like if you pick an animal up to stand on its feet and you see how like their legs curve. Yeah, I'm thinking of a dog, right? You pick a dog up and it's like it can't quite stand like that. Okay, I know what you're saying. Right. That's known as digitigrade. And that is basically like you create the illusion that you're standing like a dog would and you have all this padding to create the illusion. Those ones I find to be very warm, <laughs> like crazy warm. Um, there's also, and it's not as common, but they're known as quad suits. They're really cool to see, but again, not common. And it's for obvious reasons. Basically, you're kind of walking on all fours, but you have uh you have these sort of stilts for your hands to walk around. So it looks like you're walking on all fours. It's really cool. It's, it's a very unique sort of suit style that you don't really see very much because it is, it's tough. I mean, I feel like that one's a dedication. <laughs> That's the thing that I just keep thinking of, right? It's like, this just seems like this, not at my comfort level in terms of right. pure comfort. Like that seems hot yes. and a lot of work also. These look expensive. Yes, yes. Um, and it's because they're all handmade. These are not like mass produced items. These are all individual artists or maybe very small teams that all hand make this stuff. And it's for myself included. It's amazing. And the craft itself has evolved since I've joined the fandom. For people who have been in it longer and doing the craft longer, it just amazes me how far they've come. Um, there are all different types of materials that you can do. And nowadays, especially you have um, like 3D printing has become a huge part of it. And I'm also into 3D printing. Um, it offers a lot of really cool stuff now. And you just see it's just the craft is exploding. It's so cool. What is it made out of? So different things. So if uh, let's go through a head. Yeah, just the whole thing. The take me, yeah. So for me, you can you can work on, I would say, three types of materials. You can do upholstery foam or like expanding foam. Basically, like imagine couch cushion, couch cushions. I can't speak. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you get the you get that foam and you can carve it with scissors, which is I'd still do that. You can do expanding foam, which you create a mold and you pour a mixture and it creates foam. I do that as well. Uh, you can do resin, uh, you can do uh, 3D printing, which is very light and actually really sturdy. It's very surprising. Um, I pretty much work with all of those materials. My personal favorite is working with foam and expanding foam because it's just more forgiving in the process. Um, so you get the, you get the base, um, you make a pattern for it for the fur. And the fur is all faux fur. You just order it online. There are different um, providers that you can go through. There's actually a decent chunk you can go through. Um, and then, yeah, all the individual little pieces and parts. You have the things like uh, the teeth and the eyes. Like, you know, how are you going to do that? You can 3D print. You can resin. You can. There's just so much you can add to it. Heads can actually be really comfortable if you if you know what you're working with. 
um, I've been able to make all different types like foam, expanding foam, resin and 3D printed. I can make all of those heads very comfortable to wear. Just like imagine a like a very it's like a pillow on your head. I've fallen asleep in seats before. <laughs> People will put fans in the head. You can do so much to make it breathable and comfortable. So now the furry part, right? Like what's that made out of? The fur is basically like a fancy plastic, basically. Like if you if you really get down to it, uh, all faux fur is just fancy plastic. Now, how what what kind of cost are we talking? Uh, these can range. Uh, my prices are they're in a process right now because I'm working through my queue, and when I'm done, my prices are going to be raised. But for uh, if you're looking into a suit, it can really vary. You can find people who make. Let's just take a head, for example. Some people will make a head under $1,000. Some people, you can find people that will make them for like 800 maybe, or even less if they're a beginning maker. For people who are professionals, as I, I call myself, you know, I'm a professional for a seat maker. A head for me is like uh, $2,400 right now. There are people who you can charge more for heads based on how long they've been in the fandom and the demand that they have. Um, for a full costume, sometimes that can range somewhere and again, it depends on what you want, but it can range from somewhere like, let's say, three thousand to. I've seen auctions go for like ten thousand before. It really depends on who you're going through, and like I said, the demand is a huge part. Is there anything that for people like? Because that's, I mean, that's a barrier, right? Are there things that for people can do that? Like, look, I want to do this, but like, I just cannot. Yeah, you can't afford all that. Because, yeah, that's a chunk right. of money. Yeah, that's exactly that's... why I got into fursuit making, actually, was because when I started learning about the costumes, I was like, these are so cool. Let me look at them. And I see the price and I'm like, well, that's, boy, that's a chunk, right? Like, that's a good amount, especially at that age that seems like most people are involved. Yeah, yeah especially if you're in college and stuff, whew, that, that can be pretty pricey. But, um, of course, keeping in mind that these are individual creators that you're supporting so the prices are very worth it like a hundred percent um but if you say you don't really have that in your budget you can learn to make them and there are so many tutorials and bases and things that you can buy online that just make it so easy to do like there are and i mean i run a group that helps people make fursuits i call it my furry work in progress chat uh excellent people in there all different kinds of creators come in and we help each other. We give each other pointers about like, oh, you could do this a little bit better, or I recommend using this material versus this one. Um, yeah, it's it's really amazing that now pretty much anybody can make their own fursuit. But in terms yep. of like making them, like I would yes. imagine that there's no like, Haynes isn't making these, right? Like there's no mass, right. there's no mass. Yeah, there's no mass producing. So how do you fulfill that demand, right? If you've got thousands of people and it takes, how long does it take to make one? The average. If I actually take my time, I'm usually, I work pretty fast on stuff, but if I take my time, I would say I would love to give people a month of time for like the wait process, just like just a month to do all the things and pay attention to all the details. And some people can do it faster than a month. Some people take a little bit longer. You know, it all depends on the skill level and everything. But um, what was your what was your question again? I guess the, the overall question would be, right, like it seems like you have way too much demand and not enough supply, supply essentially. It's like a logistical problem. It's actually, it's 
it's reassuring <laughs> in a way when I say that because uh, when I got into uh, fursuit making, I never thought in a million years that I would grow to be a full-time fursuit maker. I had no idea. I just got into it because I enjoyed the craft. I love crafting and I wanted a suit. Uh, it looks like a lot of people found potential in me and it went from there. So there are so many people that have the chance to become makers and people have now the chance to make the suits themselves. And I think that's kind of how we keep up with it is, you know, opening up more tutorials and showing people like, this is the process. Um, and it's kind of like a little bit of job security <laughs> because there are thousands of people. Are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? Oh yeah. Go right ahead. Is a convention like the meeting place as opposed to like a thing people do? It, it It's, it's a, it's a big meetup. It's a big social gathering. Um, in, in furry groups all throughout like the US and outside, uh, there are furry meetups that are much more small scale and local. So those are always an opportunity to socialize and meet up with people like your friends and stuff. Um, but yeah, furry cons, that's like a larger scale version of one of those. So it is a, a it's a big social event. Um, but basically, I mean, I treat it like, well, one, there's the chance to do business and to network, which is big part of it for me but also the other big part is just seeing my friends <laughs> i've made a lot of friends through the community and i just love going to see them do you have any friends though that's like you've never seen their their real face oh uh, i i've seen all my friends real face i know that some folks just don't like to some people like to keep that separation some people don't like to show their face on social media just even as a whole sometimes there are people in even like anime communities and like VTubing communities that also don't like to show their face. Um, but yeah, all of my close friends, I've seen them. I know their faces. I know their names. <laughs> the, to me from the outside, that would seem like a, I don't know why, but like a big thing. Like I'm taking the suit off. Is that a big thing? Or is this like, that's not really a big deal, man. And, and again, that's another one of those situations where it varies per person. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's never been like a big deal to me. I'm just like, Oh, Hey, it's that person. That's what they look like. Cool. <laughs> I guess that's the appeal and maybe the the disappeal. I don't know if that's a word, but maybe what people mm -hmm. would like, people who aren't in it would shy away from it. It's like, well, I don't know who I'm talking to. Right. And that, that can definitely be intimidating. I, I can totally understand that aspect. There are people, um, let's take mascots, for example. Yeah. Let's think a, like a, a football game and you got the mascot running around there. Uh, some people are just purely terrified because they're like, that could be, that could be somebody crazy in there, you know, but like nine times out of 10, it's just somebody wanting to make people smile. <laughs> so Yeah. That was the one thing. Like, I didn't know if you were going to come in the suit or if you were going to uh, not be in the suit. And I was a little wonder, mm -hmm. like, how am I going to handle this? Like, I wasn't <laughs> no, sure. I, <laughs> I didn't know which, like, that was the first time in getting into an interview that I was ever like, okay be prepared <laughs> be prepared that they're gonna Just be right because you don't want to like this is a little like i don't know what i'm doing right like it's like talking yeah. to somebody that they can see you but you can't see them so i think i could see that throwing people off a little bit i can tell you a little bit something a little bit more personal uh so for me having a suit to wear like i, I might have briefly mentioned before helped with my confidence um sometimes i'm I, sometimes i can be a very shy and nervous person and I think over the years, having the ability to put something on is like soothing for me. But also 
I've been able to gain the confidence over the years through a lot of support through people that, you know, I'm, I'm still a person underneath it all. And I think that's, that's the biggest part of why I did this without my suit head. I want people to just know that we're just like everybody else. We're just people. We just have a fun interest. That's it. Oh, what's the best costume you've ever seen? Oh, that's and a good Forgive question. me for costume, right? Like that is just, yeah. it's in my Percy. brain and that's just how I can't get it out of there. That's okay. That's the, I mean, I still use costume, you know, to, to communicate it because again, some people aren't familiar with the terms, so that's fine. Um, so, oh my gosh. Yeah. I've seen some really cool fursuits. There are, there's one that sticks out to me. That is uh, the character is just, I think maybe simply a white wolf, right? Just, white wolf but underneath they had these crazy leds these amazing lights that just go through their entire suit in the head the eyes light up everything lights up and it's just it's beautiful it is like the coolest thing to see there's also people who do like animatronics where like you know they can make like the they can make the face snarl they can make the ears go back they can make the eyes blink like oh it's so incredible what people can do with these things uh yeah gosh uh, i'm trying to think I I really like to look up very species specific animals. So I like to look up things that aren't common. So like the big common ones are usually like foxes and and canines and stuff like that. But I love finding stuff that's a little different. Like you'll see frogs and snakes. I've seen a fish. Like it's amazing. There's a there's a big like muscular dolphin. He's one of my favorites. I love him. <laughs> That's like my favorite suit <laughs> so much because like you just look at him and he has the cute dolphin face and then he has like this big ripped body. <laughs> I don't trust dolphins. I don't trust them. I do hey, that's not fair. trust those as, animals. As actual, as actual animals, those guys are a little, they're nasty. They're up to they're something. They're cute as heck, but they, they're up to something. Right. They're just, there's, there's something their going on there. Their intelligence is scary. <laughs> don't trust them, man. I do no. not trust dolphins. Um, that's fair. <laughs> What is this one? Okay. Oh, how do you, can you clean it? Yes, you can. Oh, and you I can am, clean it. I am huge on cleaning them. Like that is actually, I'm actually about to be working on a YouTube series of how to clean your suit because I find that some people get a little scared because like they paid thousands of dollars. They don't want to. Yeah. You don't want to mess it up. I don't know what my language is allowed to be you on can here. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. I don't, people are afraid of just completely screwing up the suit. And sometimes they'll just do like light cleaning, but you can deep clean those suckers. Like really, you can just, the bodies, you can just, that sounds really morbid, but the body suits, you can just throw in the wash, easy peasy. Uh, the heads, you can use like a, a, one of the things I recommend, it's called a green machine. And it's basically like a fancy carpet cleaner. And you can effectively clean the head like spotlessly without having to soak it in a bathtub. And you can still soak them in bathtubs. Some heads you can throw in the wash. It's amazing. Hmm. What is your favorite piece of furry lingo? Ooh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> some furry lingo, actually, I'll admit, some of it makes me cringe. <laughs> I was... Some of it, I'm just like, stop. <laughs> I was looking through the list a little bit because when somebody brought this up and I was like, okay, some of this is kind of like, you're pushing it. <laughs> You're pushing it. You're pushing it. Here, yeah, some, right? some of the lingo genuinely makes me cringe, but that's just me. Um, I don't really know if there's any particular piece. Uh, I don't know. There's there's always like a play on like fur, 
for like everything or like pause or whatever. I think, again, I think for me, I just, I'm not a fan. I just stick to the terms that I know, which is, you know, fursonas, fursuits, stuff like that. So you knew these were going to be coming, right? Um, yep. Do people have sex in the suits? Do they have sex outside <laughs> of the suits? How does this kind of work? These, yeah, I know that these are the questions. Um, yeah. So, so basically, keeping in mind again my my main principle of consenting adults and not hurting yourself or others, people people will engage in sexual stuff, you know. But that's their comfort levels. And for some people, I find this actually to be kind of cool. So, as a fursuit maker, the fact that somebody will wear a suit and feel like sexy, attractive, is the biggest compliment I could ever get. Like. I made something that makes you feel good and sexy. Like that's awesome. Hell yeah. So if you, if you want to do the things and stuff, you can go do the things and stuff. It ain't much my business. But as the maker, like then how do you, how do you design? Like I, so there, there's a hole or a zipper or like. <laughs> there, there's different things that people can do. Like uh, from what I understand, there's like, uh, like zippers that can be added and stuff like that for, for people who want to engage in that side of it. Um, I don't really know too many more of uh, the like alterations that people do. I know that there's different ones for different makers, but yeah, I mean, and it, you know, with suits, you can, it can be very customized for what you want, basically. Do you ever just wear it around the house? now and then you know if i'm if i'm having a day where i just need to shake things up sometimes i'll pop on ahead and take some funny photos and send them to friends every now and then i will what would you say to someone who wants to do this but is afraid oh well there you will be so surprised at how like how accepting like how many people will just accept you and you'll be surprised at yourself and what you're able to do um i didn't know i could do the things I do until, well, I just stepped into it. I had no idea I could, be, you know, work full time as a maker. I didn't know that I could, you know, be known for dancing, which I used to do like just fun dancing in suit. Um, I think, I think just taking one step in, just talk to people, ask questions. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay to be curious. Um, yeah, I just start small. No, are, are most people right? Like when you are, are most people jerks or are most people curious? I feel like most people are just curious, honestly. Like in most interactions, I used to like, uh, in one of the communities I used to live in, like in uh, Ohio, I used to go out and run fursuit meets where a bunch of us would get in suit and we'd walk around town. And a lot of people, again, are either like curious. I, I don't really run into jerks that often, if I can be honest. Like, even within my own, my own family, you know, people always are worried, like, what if they find out you're a furry? I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'm happy. I'm doing me. Like, if they can't be respectful of that, then, like, they're not worth my time. So uh, most of the time, yeah, people are pretty cool. They just want to know more about it. And, yeah, they got the stigma, so they're always going to ask the question. Yeah, there's all, it's weird how, like, a couple of people can kind of ruin things. But I do think that most people are like, whatever. Yeah, do what you want. And I, I can't emphasize enough is that the world is a crazy place right now. It's it's kind of scary. And I think that taking the time to do things that make you happy is just so worth it.
that's all the questions I got. <laughs> like, I had to look over it. Um, is there anything you think that we missed or kind of what's coming up next for you if people want to get a suit or want to learn more? Yeah, yeah. Um, so right now, my, my personal commissions are closed. I am booked until December. Um, but there, I mean, I am always active on uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, what name you, um, all, all different stuff. I'm very online very active with the community um i run groups in telegram uh i will be at anthrocon myself uh i'm really excited for that excited to see friends again and yeah if people are ever curious and you know have questions they can always ask me i don't mind uh i do have kind of a threshold though i mean i'm kind of limited uh because with working i work full-time i will work uh, a lot of my time is spent making suits or doing art, and that's about like twelve hours a day. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm busy, but I'm happy to answer questions or talk to people if they ever want. I want to thank Lolo so much for joining us. If you want to connect with them, we have linked to them on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, and we've also included their information. In the episode description, the YouTube version of this video will be live on June 1st at 4.30, and we've included some video there of how the fursuits are made. It really is a cool process to see how these come together. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Okay. Now let's bring in John Shaw and get to the pointless part of the show. So do you untie your shoes before you put them on or do you just slip them right on i i don't know if i'm different in the in the fact that i, I only have two or three pairs of shoes i don't have you know 10 to 20 to choose from so the shoes that i have uh are usually already tied and i just slip them on and they're that goes for boots uh, all the way down to like cross trainers now i don't know about boots i think you've got to untie and retie boots if you're talking about that, right? Because to me, in my mind, if you're wearing boots, then you're going out in the snow, you're doing some hiking. You got to make sure that stuff is ready to go. Otherwise, you just wear, are you wearing them for show or are you reason like, oh, I got to put my boots on today? No, it's for show. It's like wearing them to work, you know, like work shoes. I don't really understand anyone who wears anything but slip-ons to work. <laughs> like, I'm not putting enough effort into it to tie my shoes when I'm going to work. I'm not doing that. I mean, out of all the things, I was thinking about this uh, a while back, actually. If you think about all that it takes for you to get ready to start your day, it's a hefty list. I mean, you're you're crossing off 11 things before you even get to your car. Okay, from if you did it, no interruptions, no nothing, from when you wake up to when you leave, how quickly do you think that you could do it? Well, are we going bare, bare minimum here, or like, am I still going through the paces of doing everything? You, you've got to treat it like a normal day, right? It's not like, I don't have time for that today. Like, how long would it take you from getting up to getting out the door? 
probably 15 to 20 minutes. I feel like that's not bad, but I feel like that's a little slow. Like you figure. Are, now wait, I'm, are you? Does that include going number two? <laughs> I was just gonna say, if if we're adding in bathroom time, then it's probably another twenty minutes. I like I like being able to kind of take my time in the morning, whether it's on the toilet or in the shower, and uh, and that that's aside from brushing my teeth and things. I can be everything done out the door, including in ten minutes, <laughs> and that's showering too. Yeah, 10 minutes. I've got it down to like a science. I know exactly what I'm doing. I wake up, I'm brushing the teeth while I'm in the shower. Then I'm going to go. Then I got to put my clothes on. Then I'm out the door. Probably 15 minutes. I can do it in 15 minutes. Reliably. I mean, I was going to say, you wear dress clothes. So, I mean, that has to add a little bit of extra. You're just not throwing a t-shirt and shorts on. Yeah, but I know how to put a shirt on. It doesn't really take me very long. Right? Like, if it's taking you more than 30 seconds to put a shirt on, I don't care what kind of shirt it is, you either need to speed that up a little bit, you need to practice a little bit, or you shouldn't be wearing that kind of shirt. The fact that it's taking you 45 minutes is ridiculous. Well, I mean, if if I was just, if, if I'm in a hurry, I could do it in 20 to 25 for sure. I still think that you're poking a little bit. What are you doing that it should take you 20 to 25? I mean, where where do you where are you losing time? Do you feel like? I mean, you're you know, it's uh, where my. <laughs> I mean, it's probably all with the shower. I mean, like you know, it's. I, I like to take ten to twenty minute showers. Oh yeah, I don't care about the environment either. <laughs> Listen, if, if my ten to twenty minute shower is what's gonna doom this planet, then hey, I'm sorry to all of you out there because I'm not gonna stop doing it. You're just gonna go ahead, right? Like, how high would the waters have to rise before you're stopping to? <laughs> Before you're stopping, before you're cutting your shower early. I mean, I mean, listen, I'm not a dick. If I had to, I would. But as of right now, I don't. They're just raising our water rates to crazy levels. So maybe that'll have something to do with it. Do you ever take personal responsibility for possibly like dooming the world in some way, right? Like, no, you didn't have to drive to the grocery store today. You could have combined <laughs> trips. You didn't have to take that 10-minute shower. You didn't have to buy that thing. Do you feel any personal responsibility towards dooming the earth? I don't because I feel like I actually live a pretty eco-friendly life in terms of some of the sustainable products that I use. Uh, And obviously, I'm not 100% sustainable, uh, but I feel like I'm probably in the top 25%. I don't think – I want to go ahead and say this, that on my main pair of shoes, not my gym shoes, I might go three months without tying them. It could be three months. Uh, yeah. I, like I said, I, uh, I, I probably yeah. My gym shoe. I mean, it's probably once a month. I'll say three three times a month is or three uh, every three months is a lot. I feel. I mean, don't they become loose? Don't you feel like for ankle support you have to tie them up? No. Okay. I've got manly ankles. I guess I don't have dainty ankles like you do over there, Tinkerbell. You have the nicest calves in all of Oregon. Well. Well, I live in Washington. Yeah, same thing. That's just, it kind of is the same thing. In a little <laughs> Anyways, uh, all right, let's see. Let's give some shout-outs, shall we? Shout-outs, shout-outs, outs, outs, outs. Uh, let's see. We'll start off with Jonathan Eburn, Francisco Cespedes, Keon Alvarez, Bridget Weldon, uh, Rob Osborne, 
Diane Irene. It's a pretty two first names uh, as your name. That's two. F- two first names is always tough. So, yeah, you never really know, right? Like my wife before we got married had three first names. Middle name. Well, your middle name is usually always a first name, but she had three first names. <laughs> Do you, do you want to do you want to go? I, I know two of them. I, what was the third one? Oh, why don't I just go ahead and dox her <laughs> so everybody can look her up? All right. Uh, I mean, want me to tell your weight? Oh boy, uh, Val Curry. Appreciate you. Don't mind Nick being a douchebag. Uh, Carter Cummings and Juan Andres Montoya. Speaking of three names, even though Montoya is not really a first name. All right, uh, I got a couple of. Bangers for you. Uh, what do you think is <laughs> nothing? Uh, what do you think is the proper way to say this sport? Is it table tennis or ping pong? It's always going to be ping pong to me. It's always going to be ping pong to me. And I know, understand the idea that people would want to call it table tennis from an international perspective. And there may be some people here in the United States where we are that are going to try to class it up mm-hmm. and say, no, 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 it's table tennis. But those people are posers. Well, that leads me to my next question. Uh, soccer. Is it soccer or is it football? Well, it's soccer here. You refer to football here, right? Like, it's just like anything else, right? I got this advice one time. It doesn't matter if the car is blue. If everybody else thinks it's red, you're the idiot. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, which is kind of asinine if you think about it. Right, but perception is reality. Did you just throw up in your mouth a little bit? Haven't you been drinking all day? I, I was drinking uh, uh, quite a bit, but I, I stopped about two hours ago, so I'm, I'm doing all right. I can't do that, man. I don't know how you start day drinking and then, like, just kind of stop. Like, I'm either – if I'm starting day drinking, it's on till I pass out. I'm not even having a beer at, like, lunch or something like that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I started probably around 11 a.m., and uh, I don't know. It was about six, seven hours of straight drinking. I don't know how you do that. That's just, don't you feel awful right now? No, because my house, I follow the Nick Vinzant school of not using your air conditioner, and it got to be 82 degrees inside my house earlier, good, and I was sweating like a, like a fucking person who hasn't lifted their arm in 10 years, and uh, I'm pretty sure the alcohol was just being drained out of me through my sweat. Now, it's good to toughen you up a little bit, man. It's good. Toughen you up a little bit. And it'll get people to leave your house, too. Like, it's just too hot at John's house. That's a great way to get people to leave your house. Just turn off the air conditioning. Just don't. Uh, uh, surprisingly, it didn't really work, um, which is fine. No. You got to burn them out, man. Smoke them out. So this isn't really a question, but uh, I was curious to know. So Fast 10 just came out. Yes, there's 10 of those movies now. When did you stop following the franchise? Um, the first one. You you didn't see the you didn't see the first one. I don't think that I have no, I've seen the first one. But I don't think that I've seen any since then. Maybe parts of them, but I have not seen a full Fast and Furious movie since the first one. I mean, and I'm this is one of those things that I'm not totally convinced that anyone has. Oh, I, I think, think that there's are. some think things there are. that are like, 
I think that there's some things that are propped up by like solely, I don't know what, like how many things can you think of where I don't know anyone who has actually ever done that? I don't know a single person besides you who has gone to a Fast and the Furious movie in the theaters. Like who, who's keeping this alive? I mean, that, that's, I mean, it sounds like you need to, I, I'm, I'm, I think I can name two or three of your friends. That I know of that I've probably gone and seen a Fast and the Furious movie in, a, in the theaters. I don't think that they have. I, I have also feel like since the pandemic, movies mean nothing to me. I don't, I'm not – I don't care. They used to be cultural events and now I could care less. Even like the big blockbuster, you'd be like, wow, that's going to be awesome. Now, nope, don't care. I mean I, I think the culture has changed a little bit. Uh, but I, I still think movies are are big and maybe not as big. But I mean, look, Top Gun did like three billion dollars or something around the world at the end of the pandemic. So I mean, and then you had Mar, you had the Avengers Endgame. I mean, there there is plenty of blockbusters. Um, but it used to be a I feel like a couple of movies a year that you would be excited about. Like, oh, that's gonna come out. I'm excited about this. I haven't been. I can't think of the last movie that I can even – I can't think of the last movie that I was actually excited about. Star Wars uh, Force Awakens. That was the last movie that I was like, I'm going to go see that. And let's just call that five years. I have no idea yeah. how long it is. The last – That's probably 10 years. That might be 10 years ago. The last movie I saw in theaters was the 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 last Halloween movie, which – came out the same day on peacock so it was like really i could have just saved the money and watched it at home on peacock yeah why did you do that that was a rookie mistake man. <laughs> uh, i mean once again it was something about you know kind of coming out of the pandemic going to the movie theater on to the next thing 2015 is when star wars force awakens came out that was the last time i was excited about going to a movie man eight years ago eight That's years crazy. eight years damn okay do you have anything else, or are we ready for our top five? Uh, excuse me? Oh, God dang it. There's 31 days in the not... month of... Oh, I, get... oh. I did it again! It's all you care about. Just... God dang it. Son of... Do you know, not know how to read a calendar? I did it. I did it in in April heading into... Okay, fine. Yes, then yes. I'm, I'm excited about our top five, and... Uh, uh, I guess the candle of the month for everyone who was patiently waiting and knows their dates uh, knows it's coming next week. Now, this, this might be the hardest top five that we have done in this regard. We've done a number of ones where like the top five Johns, and we haven't done John. No one cares about John. Um, John 316 said has whipped your ass. Oh, you, I know you're going to put him <laughs> very high on the list, and I know that he doesn't He doesn't deserve it. Oh, that's Not insane. He doesn't deserve it. So anyway, our number five, or our top five, is top five Steves. And this is a competitive list. A competitive list where your boy didn't even make it. <laughs> didn't even make it on my list. Probably not even honestly in the top ten. Not really when you think about it. Uh, anyway, so top five Steves to number five. Yeah, so I agree with you that it's competitive. Though I think there is... There's about a dozen of them that should be, you know, uh, up for contention. So, anyways, and say one. Now, did you go off of fame, influence, 
or just kind of personal favorite? What would you say that you went with? Well, I have one personal favorite, which which I don't even want to say personal favorite because I think they should be on the top five. But then I then I went kind of overall because two out of my five are non celebrities. But anyways, in saying that, my number five okay. is one of those people, and it's Steve Forbes. I don't think so. I think that he's a very influential Steve, but I don't think that he's even honestly in the top 10 because I mean, he invented, did he start Forbes? Other than that, I don't know anything that he did. But isn't isn't that enough? Forbes has spanned the world. It's, mm, it's no. I mean, it's it's everywhere. It's It's been everywhere. And, you know, even digitally now, you know, his company has made the transition to fully being digital. And, uh, and and you still know the Forbes lists, you know, the investment stuff. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know how you don't put him on the top five. Because I don't know anything that he did other than that his name, his last name is Forbes. Other than that, I have no idea what Steve Forbes did. I mean, I could look it up. I can't name it other than other than what he did, you know, um, as the executive That's- and for Forbes magazine and all that. Like, I... But to me, that's enough because everybody, or you know, financially knows what Forbes is, or at least has heard of it. I know what he didn't do, which is inspire an entire generation to go outside and appreciate animals, like my number five, Steve Irwin did. For first off, it's Irwin. Um, is it Irwin? Yeah, <laughs> Steve Irwin. I see, always thought it was Steve Irwin. Is it Steve Irwin? See, he was. Very famous, worldwide famous. But, but once again, or not once again, to me, he was part of a group of animal actors or whatever, zoologists of that time. Yes, he was. He's he's still remembered, but top five, Steve. I I, I just can't see it. Steve Irwin, I think, is a top five, Steve. He had was very influential. He's still remembered today, and it's probably going on ten to twenty years. And I can't name. There's one other guy. I think Jack Hanna, who was like a famous zoologist, but I can't name anybody else who's done what he did. He revolutionized that industry. Jack Hanna, maybe his closest competitor in that regard, but he wasn't worldwide famous. Anything like Steve Irwin was. I mean, hear me out on this before you completely crush it, but. I I would I would say that Tiger King no. was no. just as is just as famous as Steve Irwin was. Maybe not flash in the pan, not influential, but you know the, the same kind of stardom. No, he was forgotten about. He's already been forgotten about because you know him as Tiger King, but you don't know his actual name. Do you know his name? Joseph Joe something. Yeah, I, I don't know his last name. Actually, I think it's Joe Exotic, but that's not his real. And I think it is actually Joe Exotic, the Tiger King. Like, think about that. Like, that's um, this guy changed his name to like the judge who allowed that should have been like, no, listen, this is going down a dark path. And we both co- have covered Carol Baskin of our days in Florida. I'm not saying she was a peach either, but you can't <laughs> you can't plan to kill somebody. So. No, that tends to go badly. Okay, what's your number four then? Just, just he's just a terrible person. Um, this was the one Steve that I didn't want to put on the list, but I felt like he deserved a spot at four or five, and that's Steve Carell. 
I can understand Steve Carell at four. I think that's fair. He's not a top top tier Steve, but he's. I could go. I could go no higher than four. I'm okay with Steve Carell. Yeah, I mean, of, that's fair. Of those other like Stephen Colbert, he's more famous than Stephen Colbert. I mean, uh, <laughs> I swear to God, if you have a, a certain Stephen or Steve uh, as an actor above Steve Carell, I'm gonna lose my mind. But you don't, you don't, you don't, you're not thinking of what he has done. You're flashing the pan. You're not looking at the overall. My number four is an overall choice, which is Steve Harvey. He's been around a long time. He's had a long, long career. A lot of people know who Steve Harvey is. See, so I have him on my honorable mention. I, uh, you know, I, I, you, you could interchange him for me at five, possibly with Steve Forbes. I wouldn't do it most likely, but I could hear the argument. Um, I feel like Steve Harvey is known, but I feel almost that he is known more for his gaffes than he is as being like a leader in the industry that he's in. Like, I feel I feel if you were to walk up to 10 people on the street and ask them about Steve Harvey, they would say he's a talk show host or they would say he messed up Miss America and said the wrong name as the winner. He's like a fantastic, com- influential comedian. But I... I mean, I, I maybe I'm maybe I'm sheltered. I have no idea, but he, I I don't I, I don't recall him as being that great of a comedian. He's pretty good. He's he's up there. He's up there. Who's your number three? Well, if we if we had an audio board on this show, I would break the glass right now because I'm putting Stone Cold Steve Austin as my number three. I I knew that was coming. I wouldn't. I thought that maybe you would put him as number one. Honestly. He's the problem is is that he unlike here's here's why I didn't put Steve Austin on the list. He doesn't transcend out of wrestling. He's one of the biggest wrestling stars not to ever really move into movies. Hmm. I wouldn't disagree. Mo- I wouldn't disagree with that, but also he's he has TV shows and not saying they're successful TV shows. Um but to me there's no difference in saying like Mark Wahlberg um you know, should be on top five mark um, based upon just because he hasn't really transcended out of being known as an actor. But movies are a much bigger thing than wrestling. I don't, wrestling I is don't more think so. Niche. I don't think so. Every then, why isn't the why isn't the Rock still wrestling? I mean, he did though. He did wrestling. Yes, I mean he's. And and first off, I think it's unfair to put The Rock as the Bautista. Let's yeah, let, let's use Dave Bautista as an example. Like, there's a guy that was an okay wrestler, and now look at him. He did one movie series, and he's set even more as a wrestler. Stone Cold was the face of a generation of of kids worldwide back in the late '90s, early 2000s. Everybody knew his name if you if you were into sports. Everybody. I don't think that he transitions out of it, though. I think that movies are ultimately the biggest medium that you can do. Maybe music, if you're very popular, and music is on the same. I think that music, movies, and top-tier athletes are the most famous people. I don't Mm. think that wrestlers are not of that caliber. They are, though. Even the most famous. No, they're not. They're not not up to that, that high of a caliber for a worldwide audience. Now, I, I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for this, and I, I probably should, but I think it's hard to discern whether or not, or to say, uh, 
you know, comfortably whether or not that a professional wrestler is not like a top tier athlete, if they can be included, like The Rock, like even a Chris Jericho. He's not my number three, which is Steve Martin. Okay, see, I, I put Steve Martin as my number two. Ah, you caved. I did cave. I thought you would leave. I thought you would leave him off the list despite me. No. Um, earlier, when I was talking about Steve Carell and and, uh, and the other Stephen that I would think about possibly putting above him, I was talking about Stephen Seagal. But no, Steve Martin by far. Uh, you know, I would have actually probably considered him as number one. But number one, I feel like is is pretty uh, pretty self explanatory. You know, like it's it's pretty set set in stone who he should be. Mm, I kind of disagree with you. Okay. Uh, my number two is Steven Spielberg. Okay. Um, honorable mention, like, like could be, could have been, could have been five or five or six for me by far. You're um, gonna put Steve Forbes above Steven Spielberg in terms of in influence? Sure. I think you're putting too much credit. Uh, and and what you you just sat here and talked about movies not necessarily meaning that much, and now you're going to put Spielberg. That's exactly the opposite of what I said. I said movies are probably more influential than anything else in our society. I think movie stars are the biggest most celebrities on the planet. I mean, I I, I think it. I think all that's uh, you know, I don't know what the word is. I, I think it's up to the person. I mean, you could say Taylor Swift is the biggest celebrity on the planet. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree with that. She's probably in the top five. I mean, she's one of the most famous people on earth. We should do top five Taylors next time. Um, I can't think of any other Taylors. What Taylor Swift would be number one? Man, I wonder who your Taylor. I mean, our number one has to be unanimous. Then I would think, right? I don't know. I don't know. I think that you're not. He to me is number one, Stephen. Not only because he is pretty famous person, but also in terms of influence and in the sense. That that's a one of a kind. That's a generational talent. I don't think there's very many people that could do that. Who's your number one? Steve from Blues Clues. Steve is. I mean, he's a voice of a generation. <laughs> Who's your actual number one? Man, I didn't. You weren't even. You weren't even budging on that. Uh, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs to me is a bullshit pick. Steve Jobs to me is the biggest fake thing. Oh my god. Steve Jobs is famous. Steve Jobs is famous for inventing an iPhone. He, he didn't invent the iPhone. He was the co-founder and CEO of Apple. So? Which is in everybody's life, uh, at least in most countries, developed countries in the world. Like, you have your hand on a product that he had either approved or used his creativity to help build or make. How is he not the most famous Steve ever? Because... He gets too much credit for what he did. I don't like the idea that he invented the iPhone. He didn't. Somebody else invented the iPhone. That You know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I have now decided that, look, I want somebody to go ahead and make a small personal vehicle that flies through the air. I have now invented the flying car. So give me all the credit for it. I mean, that's... I think he gets too much credit, and I'm probably blinded by that. He uh, because you make a you make a good argument. I'll give you that. He, uh, I'm I'm not saying that you're not incorrect in maybe how he did that. I've n- I've never seen the bios on him. I've never read his book. Maybe that's the way he was. However, he gets that luxury because he is was he is or was sorry the co-founder of Apple. I mean, which is integral in everyone's life, whether we whether we have an iPhone or use Mac or whatever. 
Um, so yeah, so that's why he goes as my number one. Maybe, maybe not a popular pick. I think I think that you have a good argument, and you're probably correct in that aspect. I'm blinded by the fact that I don't like it when people like, oh, you did this. Well, you didn't do it. A lot of people did it. You don't get credit for that. Unlike my number one, who is Stephen King. See, Spielberg and King were, I mean, they were, like I said, them and Harvey were right on the cusp for me uh, of breaking into the, the top of my, the top half of my top five. But, you know, it's, it, it, hmm. maybe if this was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, yes. But I feel like as, as you've called me out on several times on these lists that we've done on the past episodes, I feel like he is, he is becoming forgotten as time moves on maybe not his titles but yeah like him as an actor or not sorry him as an author um just in general like when's the last time you heard anything about stephen king of oh man that's there's a new stephen king book it's always about him tweeting stuff now it's never about what he's releasing or doing i think though that he's done so much stuff you don't even realize that he's done it like to me, this is why this is my rationale for putting him as number one. Is I think a lot of the other Stevens that we've talked about, they could be replaced with somebody else. They're not a singular generational talent. He's cranked out more big books than like anybody. See, I, I, I would I would I would argue with you on that, at least on my list, my number one and two, Steve Martin, generational talent. No, I mean he he did things and you could say that he was arguably one of the top actors for 30, 40 years in Hollywood for his genre. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say, you know, whatever, but that's what I'm saying. And then for Steve Jobs, I mean, if if anyone could have done it or led the company, they could have, but they didn't. You may have convinced me. I feel I, like your argument is better than I'm willing to give you credit. For. Probably, I, I will say this about about your about Stephen King pick or about your King pick is that it's not wrong. I I don't know I don't know where he stands in terms of influence and you know volume of books sold and in mag or in, uh, you know graphic novels sold whatever he has. He has to be in the top five of all time though, and that itself is freaking incredible. Um. Yeah, he's way up there. Who's in your honorable mention? Who did you leave off? There's a lot of really famous Steves. Yeah. One of them, you could make an argument. Everybody does know who he is, <laughs> which is Steven Seagal. <laughs> he's a joke. He's a joke now, but everybody knows who Steven Seagal is. Well, like I kind of like I kind of said earlier, you know, he uh, when I was thinking of Steve Carell, I almost was like, hmm, he is, no, you know, Seagal is no Steve Martin, but maybe he is more known as. You know, more known than uh, than Carell, but I I couldn't do it. Um, let's see. So other than the three I've already mentioned that you had on your list, that being Harvey Spielberg and King, uh, I had Steve McQueen, the actor from the seventies and eighties and nineties. Uh, you know, I feel like he deserves a spot on on the honorable mention. Um, Steve Allen, uh, Steve Buscemi, another actor. Mm, um, I thought about that one, but he just couldn't cut it. Um, I, I didn't want to put this person on on the list because maybe they're not known worldwide, but I feel like American sports are just, you know, if they're superstars, they're known around the world. Uh, but Steve Young. Oh, yeah. But he was always overshadowed by Joe Montana. 
he was never going to be, he was somebody that was never as famous as he could have been. Because there was somebody else that, that, even though he was good, he was still like 1B. Yeah, but I mean, he, I, I, you know, he won a few Super Bowls and, you know, and whatever. I feel like he's etched into, in, into glory as being one of the most famous Steves or Stevens. Um, that was kind of it. I, I was trying to remember. I should probably look it up because I'm going to put my foot in my mouth. But uh, who was the bouncer from the Jerry Springer show? Wasn't his name, name Steve? Like Steve he's Wilkos or something? Steve Wilkos, and he's not in the top 100, man. Oh, I don't know, man. Once again, I think a lot of people watch the Jerry Springer show and at least know know who he is. That's going to be my, um, my, my wild card pick. The one that the, there was... The, I thought about it this for a minute, but then he goes by. I thought about S- Steph Curry, but he goes by Steph, even though Steph is apparently still a Steve. But to me, he goes by Steph. Here's the one that honestly was probably you could put up really high at the top that we both skipped over is Stephen Hawking. You know, I thought I once again I thought about him, and I'm just not sure. Outside of <laughs> this, sounds so uneducated. Outside of you know his field and you know just the uh, what what am I looking for the educational community or whatever you want to call it, um, I just don't know if people give a shit anymore. Um, About space, yeah, I just don't. He's I just don't know if they care. Damn. If this was thirty years ago, absolutely, he's top top five. Thirty years ago, Steve Jobs isn't even on the list. He's the most famous, really smart guy since Albert Einstein, though. And Stephen Baldwin as well, <laughs> also probably should have been. Yeah, I, should have been on there. I I ran through him and <laughs> I ran ran through his name and I was like, no, no Baldwin will ever make a top five list ever. The only other one that I had that I don't think you mentioned was Steve Aoki. He's a pretty big musician. You got Steven Tyler, Stephen Perry. Musicians could be on there. Steve might be one of the. Steve might be the most stack list since Tom's. Yeah. Steve might beat Tom's. Does Steve beat Tom's in your mind? I think so. Uh, Steven Tyler and Steve Perry, I thought about. But once again, as of today, you know, 2023, I don't think, I just don't think people give a shit about Aerosmith anymore. Yeah, that's a band that was a huge band that didn't really stand up to the test of time. I mean. Not anymore. I mean, they're still going to sell out stadiums, right? But at, at the same point, I mean. I don't know. I just don't. I don't. I don't think they resonate well with today's culture. No, kids today aren't listening to Aerosmith. Kids today still are listening to Journey, though. Well, I mean, that's uh... <laughs> don't stop. Don't stop believing. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, leave us a rating or a review. Doesn't have to be anything big. Just a couple of quick words really helps us out. And let us know what you think are some of the best Steves. I I think John has a good argument about Steve Jobs. I just have a personal pet peeve with people getting way too much credit for something that somebody else really did. But in hindsight, Stephen King probably shouldn't be number one. It should be Steven Seagal. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. 
Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games.